0: Well, guys, uh, in the last year, we've weathered a global pandemic, a contentious election, civil unrest, now another snow day, and there's just been so much uncertainty about what's ahead. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, it took a lot of us by surprise, and it made us face how fragile and fleeting life can actually be. But what if one of the surprising gifts of this whole crazy time would be that we get a fresh awareness of the brevity of life such that we would begin to focus more on what really matters most. Because I, I think if we did that, it would contribute to a better prognosis from the, for recovery from this mess that we've all been muddling through. And here's why this matters. I want you to check out this prayer from King David in Psalm 39. He says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Now wherever you are this morning, I want you to pray that first sentence out loud. We're going to do that together right now as a prayer. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Now last week, Brian kicked off this series by challenging us to get intentional about learning from Jesus how to live fully in the present moment. The paradox here is that when we get intentional about how we live in the present, it actually improves our prognosis for the future. Because the way we live today is building a legacy that has the potential to impact the world long after we're gone. And that's the question I want us to wrestle with this morning. How can I leave a godly legacy for future generations? But first, before we dig into that a little more, I want you to hear from longtime Heitzer, Ivis Leach, who in 2005, found out that he was facing a pretty significant health challenge, and that experience not only affected Ivis's perspective on how brief life really is, but it also made him start to evaluate what kind of legacy he was building with his life. So let's hear from Ivis right now. <laughs> we Live life the way you want to be remembered. That's exactly what we're talking about today. That's what it looks like to leave a legacy. Now, you're going to hear a little update from Ivis in a little bit, uh, but first, I want us to talk about, practically speaking, what it could look like to leave a godly legacy with your life. And I want to give you three challenges today that I think will help us do this. And the first is this. If you want to leave a godly legacy, you're going to have to say what God wants you to say. Now, we need to say to those that we love, to the next generation, the things that are most important to us. Because if something's really important to me, like, I'm going to talk about it all the time, right? Like, in my case, that's probably coffee. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I have received a lot of memes in this week alone about coffee addiction from my friends and family. So it's a safe bet that I have clearly and consistently communicated my love for coffee to the people in my life. What would be a tragedy is if they knew how much I loved coffee and they didn't know how much I loved them. See, I don't want to wait until the end of my life to get all the big stuff out on the table. We see a really great example of this from King Solomon in Proverbs 4 when he's talking to his own son. He says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. I want you to notice how serious Solomon's getting here, setting this up. He wants to make absolutely certain that his son knows that what he's about to say is vitally important to living the kind of life that he wants for him. And now that he's got his full attention, he says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What a powerful conversation for a parent to have with their their child. If there's one thing I want you to know, son... It's this, and then just share those words of wisdom and love and encouragement. I know for me, as a a wife, a mom, a daughter, and a friend, I want to make sure that I don't have any positive thoughts that go unspoken. I want to make sure that the people I love know with absolute certainty that I love them and I'm proud of them and that I believe they have what it takes to make a difference in this world. Now, I know for a lot of people, the whole feelings thing, emotions can be kind of uncharted territory. Maybe that's not what you saw growing up. And so it feels a little daunting to, to jump into this. And if that's you, you're going to have to be really intentional about converting those positive thoughts into positive words. And here's a great assignment to kind of get the ball rolling. I want you to ask yourself this question. If you were sitting around a table right now, as you, you may be this morning watching online, with the people who are most important to you in life, and you knew that this might be the last time you got a chance to talk to them, how would you finish this sentence? Above all else, here's what I want you to know. And then I want you to think about what you would say to your kids, your grandkids, your friends or family members. Above all else, this is the thing I want you to know. See, to leave a godly legacy, we're gonna have to say that stuff. We need to say the things God wants us to say. And the second thing is this, We're going to have to do what God sent us to do. In Acts 20, Paul says this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Now, as followers of Jesus, telling other people the good news of God's grace, that's an assignment we all share. But how that assignment plays out is unique for each of us. In in Paul's case, God had specifically tasked Paul with spreading the good news to the Gentiles, the outsiders, so that the whole world would know that the kingdom of God is available to everyone who wants it. But what about you? How does this unfinished assignment play out in your life? Last week, if you were here, we got to see a video from several Heitzers where they shared the two words that are really important to them as they consider their unfinished assignment on this earth we each have a unique contribution to make but there may be other unfinished business that you have here other unfinished tasks for instance you may have a significant relationship in your life right now that's kind of on shaky ground and you know that if something were to happen to that person or to you you would regret forever that you never said what needed said or asked for forgiveness that's an unfinished assignment Or maybe there's somebody you know who's been hurting and struggling for a long time, and God keeps bringing them to your mind, and you know that you're in a position to help in some way, but for whatever reason, you you still haven't followed that prompting to just reach out to them. That's an unfinished task. Or maybe it's like God keeps nudging you to step up and to lead your family more spiritually, to be the one who shows them what it actually looks like, to be with Jesus, so that you can learn from him how to live and love like he does, but you just keep waiting on life to slow down or for the perfect moment to arrive instead of taking steps now to prioritize your faith. So what's your unfinished assignment? If we want to leave a godly legacy, we're going to have to say the words God wants us to say. We're going to have to do the things God sent us to do. And finally, we're going to have to live how God wants us to live. James 1.22 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Do you know what happens when you don't just listen to the truth of God's word, but you really start to live it out, and you let it speak to you and correct you and challenge you? You find that you start to change from the inside out. You you start noticing that you're loving people more like Jesus loves you, and your relationships are taking on new levels of connection and authenticity. You, you see that all of a sudden you're, you're spending more of your time, your skills and your resources serving others instead of yourself. And everyone around you begins to notice when you live this way. The next thing you know, maybe some of them begin to follow your example and they begin to explore what it l- could look like for them to have a life-changing relationship with Jesus too. I think for those of us who have kids in our lives, this is a really important dynamic. Because the way we live in front of them shows them what it could look like for them to live a life with Jesus. Uh, I know, I I have a six-year-old son, and he's been with me a lot extra this year, and in that process, a lot of times he hears phone calls or whatever that I have with people at the church who are going through something, and he notices uh, that I may be upset about it. And one of the things I've tried to be really intentional about is just saying to him in that moment, uh, maybe we just need to stop and pray for them. And he'll close his eyes sweetly, and he'll pray with me. I'll say a quick prayer for this person, uh, and, and then we'll move on. And I noticed this week uh, how this is playing out for him. as we, we dropped his younger brother off at preschool, and he was really struggling that morning, didn't want to go. And I get back in the car, and Elliot says to me, Mom, do you, think, do you think maybe we could just pray for Lincoln real quick? And he closed his eyes, and he said this sweet little prayer for his brother because he, he knew that he saw his mom go to Jesus when she was concerned about the people that she loved. And he wanted to talk to Jesus when he was concerned about his little brother, who he loves. That's what it looks like. When, we, when we're doing our best, we don't get it right all the time. I certainly don't. But when we're doing our best to live how God wants us to live, we're building a legacy for the people around us. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 17, And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And that's not just eternally with God in heaven. Your influence will live on here in the generations to come. I hope and pray that one day my boys are going to be able to tell their grandchildren, you know, our family is different because of your great-grandparents, Craig and Leslie Mills. They were not perfect, not by any means. Anyone who knew you will tell you, knew them will tell you that. But they did their best to make Jesus the center of their lives, and they loved people well. And our little corner of the world is different because of them. And guys, if we want that kind of legacy to be true of us then long after we're gone, we have to start living for it today. A helpful filter might be to ask ourselves this, am I living by my convictions or by my preferences? Let's get clear on on what the difference is between a conviction and a preference. A conviction is a belief on the inside that is so strong that it always comes out and manifests on the outside in what you do with your life. Whereas a preference is a strong desire for something that you want, but you find that you'll compromise it when the cost gets too high. A couple examples are this, like I prefer to be generous with my money until maybe I see that new shiny car (laughs) and I remember that mine is covered in like a thick layer of juice and goldfish crackers and the door on the one side never shuts right, and I think to myself, maybe I should just upgrade instead of messing with the door and the goldfish, Just, just get a new one. Like I prefer to spend my money being generous in the world, but Sometimes I want what I want, and I don't always live that way. We, a lot of us would say we prefer family time, but then we've got work deadlines looming, and the kids have ball practice and extracurriculars, and all of a sudden we're, we're not really eating together very much. And sometimes we, we notice that we go days at a time without really seeing each other or spending any significant family time. Like we may prefer family time, but it's something that ends up getting sacrificed when things get busy or tough. If we want to leave a godly legacy for the generations that come, then we need to be with Jesus so that we can learn from him how to build our life on genuine, life-giving convictions. And guys, that kind of life, it doesn't just happen by accident. You're not just going to stumble into it. It takes hard work, intentionality, persistence. I want you to take a look at how the Apostle Paul describes this kind of life. When he was nearing his own deathbed, he said, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me. Now he was telling all this to a young man named Timothy. It was a—he was a guy that he had mentored and prepared to carry on the mission after Paul was gone. Notice the imagery he uses here. He talks about his life being poured out. He talks about it as a fight, a race. There's a prize that awaits him. He's saying, Timothy, it was hard. It was really hard, but it was so worth it. Follow my example. I've said what God wanted me to say. I've done what God sent me here to do. I've lived the way God wants me to live. And now I'm ready to go spend eternity with him, knowing that the mission is going to carry on through you. But here's the deal. Did Paul wait until he was at his deathbed to instill this legacy in Timothy? Of course not. He was building a legacy in all the time they'd spent together in the years leading up to that. So now he's just reminding Timothy of what he's already seen and experienced and why it's so important. Guys, we don't have to wait for a near-death experience or for the challenges that we've been facing in this past year to, to finally subside for us to begin building a godly legacy with our lives for the generations that come after us. Life is brief. We had a fresh reminder of that this week when we lost a, a Heitzer uh, from, from this, the Frederictown gathering that has, has been a friend of mine for a long time. Life is a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. I want you to imagine yourself in Paul's shoes, looking back and evaluating the life you've lived so far. Could you confidently say, yes, future generations are gonna be different because of the way I lived my life. Or do you find yourself looking back and thinking, you know, I don't know, I think there are some changes that I need to make. If that's you, the way, honestly, it's also me, I wanna remind all of us that every single day we're given is a fresh opportunity to influence those around us for good and to point them to Jesus. Now, I'm so thankful that Ivis Leach is still here with us and he's still working on his legacy. Uh, Before we wrap up today, I want you to actually hear from him about what's been happening in his story lately and about how God's using that to transform his heart and his legacy now. So, Ivis, will you come up here and join me? Well, thanks for being here with us today, Ivis.
1: Good morning. morning. (laughs) Uh, I did notice uh, a little bit of maturity from the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <present. laughs> that 's awesome so. so you're now here you are you 're well over a, a decade cancer free that 's on the other side of you, but uh, lot's been happening in your your life and your family's life the last few months and you 've kind of gotten a fresh awareness of this idea that life is can be fleeting. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what 's been going on
1: uh, definitely uh, yeah the the last few months of uh, uh, you know, there's been a lot happening. Uh, we in November, uh, Mom passed away uh, November 30th. Grandma Cricket, probably most people know her as that. Uh, so that's you know left a pretty big hole in our family. Uh, uh, the other thing is uh, on January 9th of this year, uh, I just was at home like normal and just uh, came down with an extreme headache. Uh, so. Connie was pretty concerned right off the bat, and uh, so I kind of waited around a little bit. uh, She eventually took me to the emergency room, and uh, there, you know, blood pressure was high, and so they did a quick CAT scan. found uh, uh, blood on my brain, and so that was a pretty uh, immediate thing happening, and so they uh, uh, basically put me in an ambulance, took me right to St. Louis. Uh, Of course, that uh, put me right into ICU and so they began to do testing and stuff right then and over the next couple of days that's kind of what uh, was happening was a lot of tests going on and of course I wasn't showing any type of side effects. And so uh, when they really didn't find where the bleeding was coming from uh, they basically kept me over uh, about five days. And so then I did a final angiogram on a Friday and then we uh, Uh, they still didn't find anything with that and so they basically said well we're gonna see you here in six or eight weeks we're gonna go ahead and let you go home and so basically as of right now uh, everything is good to go and I'm kinda back to normal.
0: Yeah you kinda tell that that like you know it just happened and it's no big deal but one of the doctors uh, actually mentioned to you that that less than 10 percent of people come out of something like this.
1: Yes. Yeah, there there were several of the neurologist guys came in and uh, the surgeon, he uh, was trying to explain some of it to me and I guess I wasn't very, uh, I, I don't know, I didn't let that th- type of thing bother me too much and so uh, he was giving me all these statistics and, and he, you know, he put me kind of in the top 10% to be able to come to the hospital and be able to go home and, you know, he, he just mentioned that I was very lucky and so I just kind of said, you know, I don't, really use the word lucky, uh, I just really know who's you know taking care of me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're talking today about this idea of building a legacy and how to do that we need to uh, say the things that God wants us to say, do the things he sent us to do and live the way he wants us to live. How, how as you, you mentioned in the video trying to get intentional about some of those things. How has that played out for you over the past decade or so?
1: Well the, uh, you know, we can get into the saying part. You know, I kind of feel like uh, God would want me to say what he would say to me, you you know, in the words, I love you. And so uh, saying uh, I love you to, you know, to God and to my family and to my friends uh, has definitely been a, a, you know, a priority. And I really find myself uh, doing that more and more, Uh, maybe because I'm getting older, I don't know. But uh, I do try to make that very intentional.
0: That's awesome. And, and what about doing? What, what ways do you feel like you've been able to do some of the things God sent you to do?
1: You know, it's kind of funny on the doing part. Uh, I am kind of a doer. You know, I, I, I keep my, uh, my handy tool, Leatherman, w- with me handy to be able to fix things and, and do those type of things. Uh, so it's, it's easier for me to be a doer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I've thought of a couple things that, uh, that I try to make intentional uh, getting involved here at Meadow Heights is yeah. a, a, a big priority. And I've definitely, you know, over the last 20 years, uh, tried to make that uh, definitely number one. And uh, one of the other things that I think of that comes to mind is, uh, of course, raising and, and taking care of, uh, you know, my family. And so uh, they, uh, well, you know, you see my family, uh, well, you can see, oh, well, I guess, yeah, the picture here of my family uh, looks a little different than it did 13 years ago. And so uh, it's just kind of hard not to be proud of uh, what these boys are doing and what this family is doing. And it kind it's just kind of amazing what's happened over the last 13 years.
0: Yeah. And in what ways do you find uh, that these experiences have helped you live more the way God wants you to live?
1: <clears throat> well, uh, living... Uh, Living the way God would want me to live is, uh, you know, definitely always in my heart, but I kind of find that it's not always easy to do, and I'm not always doing it 100% of the time.
0: All of us. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. So, but but I do know one thing. Uh, God has truly blessed me uh, beyond what I could even imagine. Uh, I mean, he is taking care of all my needs. Uh, So, you know, I want to pay attention to that. And, you know, I have a wonderful family. And, you know, and then my church family is very important, too. You know, God has blessed me with that. And definitely my friends, uh, you know, which I, I don't know, I don't even try to count them, but uh, definitely have been blessed with a lot of friends.
0: Yeah. So, you know, in the, the wake of kind of this fresh health challenge that you've had and a new awareness of how, how brief life is, uh, do, you, do you sense that there's any unfinished task that, that God still has for you?
1: Well, I, you know, I can kind of look back and, you know, as you kind of live through a tragedy or a circumstance that comes your way and you kind of get through that, uh, you know, I feel like, man, I, I have goals and I have priorities and I have good intentions that happen, and, but I find over a period of time or years that, you know, that kind of fades or I get lax in doing that, and, uh, you know, I feel like time is a, is a big part of that. And when I, when I think about time, I think about, you know, the things that uh, I really want to do and need to do or want to say. And uh, they're just, oh, I just want to try to be more intentional about doing that. And using my time to something that's uh, more important.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you, you want to make sure you're being intentional about giving your time to the the people and the things that are most important to you, the, the real convictions, right? Definitely, definitely. Now, you kind of have a unique way of, of marking time and keeping an eye on uh, how much time you may have left, right? You were telling oh, me about that.
1: definitely, definitely. That's, you know, that's been uh, part of our uh, uh, message one time. I can't remember how long it's been. But what I have, what I have is a, a jar, which is not very big, uh but it 's my it 's my jar full of marbles, so I have all my marbles in this jar
0: oh good we haven 't lost any marbles
1: yes so i ha- I have my marbles in this jar, which uh right now there's uh seven seven marbles in that jar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh that's that 's kind of the time that I have added to my age to get to the age of seventy, so we kind of use a baseline of that from the Bible, you know three score and ten, so seventy years is kind of an allotted time so uh that's kind of what this represents and so you know in about a month next month I'll be taking one more marble out of this jar so I'll be continuing to do that until I reach the age of 70 so then after that if uh, God allows me he will give me another marble to put back in this jar so hopefully we can get that filled up and be uh, you know a lot bigger than this jar that I have (laughs) so uh, but uh, so In saying that, uh, loving God and loving your family and loving your friends, uh, I mean, that just shows there's never enough time to do that. And so I just want that urgency to be able to do that, you know, as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, you want to make every one of those marbles count. Absolutely, Absolutely. Um, So this idea of legacy, I think it maybe means something especially uh, meaningful to you right now. Uh, having just lost your mom, you're thinking about the legacy she left for you, the legacy you're leaving for your own kids. How, how do you think this idea of legacy has played out in, in your family? Do you see that?
1: Uh, yes, I do. And, and I've, I, really, I really believe and think that uh, leaving a legacy is probably going to show up the most in your children. Uh, they're going to be the ones that have come in or, you know, learned and lived uh, the way that, uh, you know, in living with us and being raised. And so, uh, you know, I, I began to think about, uh, <clears throat> with, the, with mom gone, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know uh, mom, she was very caring, she was very loving, uh, generous, and definitely she never met a stranger.
0: <laughs> very true. <laughs>
1: so, whenever, whenever I look at that, I, I look, you know, at some of the, the sons, the boys, and, uh, you know, I, I feel Brandon, he has that trait very well. Uh, he, uh, you know, he works with the hospice care. He uh, takes care of people's needs on a daily basis. And then, uh, of course, he and Carrie, uh, they have our four granddaughters. And then uh, they also do foster parenting, which I, I think is a, is a, speaks well for itself. Uh, and then something else that kind of comes to mind uh, about uh, my mom, that probably a lot of people don't uh, really know or realize, but she, she was very, very competitive. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, it's really kind of funny about that, but uh, our family, uh, I mean, her parents and my grandparents, uh, when the family all gets together, uh, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, the family was always into playing games and playing cards at every kind of event our family reunions whatever it might be and uh, so I find us doing the same thing uh, even in in the Leach household uh, and, and things get very competitive in the Leach household <laughs> so when you start including Jeremy and Alex you know in our in our games and, and well I know some of our Scrabble games is probably where it really stands out
0: I have seen the Scrabble Games play out. There's a lot of competitive events.
1: Yes, definitely. So, uh, you, you know, those are some traits that I see that's kind of being passed on and you know handed down. Yeah, and,
0: I think it's in, it's interesting how that's that's been a thing that your family's done for years. That you found time together, time to, to meet around a table to play a game. Sometimes it could be that some something simple like that that creates that time to begin having conversations and connecting with each other. That's, you mentioned earlier, time being an unfinished task. That's something you're still prioritizing yes. in your own family, in simple, practical ways like that. Yes. I love that. Yep. Well, as we uh, kind of wrap up today, I wonder if there's any specific encouragement you would have for our Beadow Heights family as they're thinking about what it could look like to leave a legacy with their own lives.
1: Well, you, you know, for me, I definitely want to be an example uh, to, you know, the community and to my family. Uh, to be that example, and then hopefully that uh, that'll be passed on, you know, and be some kind of light in the world. And uh, you know, I just want to kind of go back too to the uh, my last little uh, phrase that uh, you know just kind of stands out to me. That uh, you know, I definitely wanna I wanna live life, uh, you know, the way I don't wanna be remembered.
0: Live life the way you wanna be remembered. Definitely. Yeah. That, that phrase holds up really well uh, from 13 years ago to today, right? Um, well, guys, that's what it looks like. Uh, if we want to leave a godly legacy, we have to live our life now the way we want to be remembered. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Ivis, today. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you for being with us. I want you to maybe consider how you can use some of the time you have today to even get intentional with your own family, with the people that you love and care for, uh, to begin building a legacy that's intentional with your life. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, Have a great day, and we will see you back next week for part three.